This is Jewish Board Talk with Sheree Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. I met Bradley Munyai at a Shabbat dinner two weeks back. He's a student leader at Wits University, where he's completing his master's degree in social development and also a keynote speaker during the social work, work oath-taking. Over supper, he told me his story that led to his involvement with the NGO YSTEM, or Youth in Science, Technology, Engineering and Maths. I was so moved by his story that I thought you may be too. So I'm delighted to have him as my guest now. Bradley, welcome and thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Sharice. Good afternoon to um, your listeners today. I'm happy, I must say, I'm happy to be here with you again. Uh, yeah, oh, good to see you. Yes, we, we cert- certainly clicked um, on that Friday night, so it's good to be speaking again. Bradley, tell me what why STEM is and how you got involved. Uh, thank you so much, um, Sharice, for that. You know, um, So why STEM is used in science, engineering, technology, and mathematics, right? Um, I've always had this idea that why is it that we, when we enter into institutions of higher learning and we produce research reports, however, we don't see them being implemented? Why are they stored in archives and libraries and we don't see what we have written because of, we went to the society and found out what some of the challenges the societies are happening, but they're only kept in the library. So that's when WISEM came up about, you know, it, it is about um, wanting to find ways in which we can alleviate the society through using scientific uh, mathematics and engineering technology in, in various ways. I mean, you may find out that um, some people wonder why WISEM, why not another kind of a name. But we do realize in the society that we live in, STEM um, methodologies of studies are seen as very key for skills development. But then how do we then leverage this into, you know, coming up with other programs that will translate into socioeconomic development? You know, so that's what, that's what uh, Western was about. So I got interested particularly from my role uh, as someone who also studied social work to want to see how do we then translate this into things that are feasible, things that can be seen and things that can be informed by, you know, better research, needs assessment and so forth. So that's when... Um, uh, Back to your point, Sharice, that's how I, I started wanting to become part of, of this movement of youth who are saying, you know what, we have now done the work. I think it's time now that we start seeing it with our eyes. So that's the, the birth of them and me joining it, and uh, that's how I became here today. And in terms of social work, what is it that you wanted to give back to your community? Can you share that story? <laughs> that's a good question because... Um, I often say uh, when I'm asked about social work, um, when I was compiling the degree, or rather getting the degree, I was so confused. I didn't know that um, the universe could choose a degree such as social work for me because all I wanted to do was maybe do economics or law and so forth. But there's something about social work that um, once I started immersing myself in the degree, I felt like I was writing a love letter. Uh, you know, one of the, the, the I almost love when I look at, you know, some of the retro movies where you see that love letters were used as a thing before, you know, to communicate love. But I wanted something that was meaningful, that for someone who was raised by a community itself, how am I going to make my community proud because of the tradition of who I am today? So I went through the social work route and it felt like I was, you know, doing a love letter. I often say that when I got that degree, I often say this is my love letter to to my community to say how much I love them. <laughs> so um, 
You're now doing your master's degree in, in social work. What does that entail? Uh, my master's degree in social work. So social work for people who don't know, we have direct and indirect practices in social work. Direct practices being your therapy, your counseling, your one-on-one sessions. However, indirect practices, we look at programs, we look at social policies, we look at the participation of people on the ground and how are they held in bigger tables. So I wanted that route. I wanted to constantly have a voice. And a master's in social development was something fitting for me because... Social development is a ministry in our country, in South Africa. So what a good entrance to come and want to inform policy, especially that speaks at a social level. So I went um, the social uh, development route. Uh, when I got there also, for someone who's passionate about youth, myself, I, my research was focusing on adherence on antiretroviral therapy, um, comorbidities in South Africa, but because we know that also, you know, South Africa is an emerging country. It, it still has its own social ills and health. You know, as they say, health is wealth. So I wanted to focus on something that is meaningful to people, people especially youth. So I focused on um, a challenge joint retroviral therapy, which is HIV. So I wanted to understand what are the, some of the things um, that are showing forward, what are the gaps and the cracks in policy and in programs that are not being done enough, especially for the youth, because of overall, they are the leaders of tomorrow. We are the leaders of tomorrow. So why not start? measures now. So in, in a nutshell, that's what my master is about. <laughs> um, Bradley, it's interesting because it seems like for so many South Africans, no one talks about HIV anymore. 100%. 100% series. Um, HIV has become for lack of a better word, redundant in other people's terms because of the feel like we've spoken about it. However, it has been in a more sense where we are only passive recipient of information, but not necessarily what the nuances of HIV are. When you look at global statistics, HIV takes, if not second or third, it takes those spots in being the first producers of mobility, mobility and so forth. So when we realize it from a youth perspective, that's a concern. It means that we will have falling bridges when they become adults. So what is it that we're doing now? What dialogues are we having? You know, even though from a programmatic uh, perspective, South Africa can say that it is doing well, we are having the fundings and so forth. But what is it internally? Maybe that we are not doing when we're not realizing these strategies. It means we are only passive recipients of information. Let us then have these youth, the people living with HIV, come and have their say. So also in South Africa, one of the ways in which you can communicate policies through platforms such as research. So that's when I went on about and said, the only way I could capture the voices of this unheard population is writing a research thesis on about it, on adherence, so that it can be captured, so that it can be communicated at a policy level. So it's it is a slow progress when it comes to our country, when it comes to such health perspectives, but we are improving and from a, an education perspective, we're realizing that we need to use these platforms, series to communicate and having dialogues around HIV. And to bring us back to the beginning of the conversation, we were talking about YSTEM. I mean, how do you balance the social work and the YSTEM? Uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I believe also in the idiom that when you're called for something, you don't feel like you're working. <laughs> when you do something, you don't feel like you're working. So it's a Venn diagram approach with YSTEM because of almost everywhere there are people, there's social work, you know. Um, if ever we are going to be realizing that in greater Johannesburg, where there's independent schools, where they use buildings as ways in which they can influence a living and create education means, 
how do we then come as wisdom to identify talent, to identify also learners that not go the conventional route of going mainstream education series. What I mean by that is that in South Africa, especially in education, we have what we call mainstream education curriculum. But sometimes it's not everyone. Social results show us that it's not everyone that can meet those outcomes. What happens to those individuals that do not get that do not get their bachelors after the metric results and don't get into university? Are we saying that that now they become incompetent to participate in the economy? But as wise them, how do we use such nuances to understand that the curriculum has to be tailored in a different way to understand that different people have different cognition of producing knowledge. Therefore, how do we use digital enablers, you know, such as your modern day 4IR ways of, of teaching, of, of synthesizing information in a more manageable way. So that's how I, I, I managed to balance that, to see the work from a Western perspective and also from a social perspective that everywhere there is people, there's always going to be social work and certain social ills that would need to be addressed. So that, that's the thing, <laughs> yes. It's so reassuring to speak to social workers because I often say that what South Africa needs are a lot more social workers because at so many different levels we're quite a traumatised society. Um, and it's, it's, 100%. And it's reassuring to see young people like yourself do, a, do social work and also fi- get your voice in the public space, which is, I think, what you're saying you, you want to do, to, to really ensure that it implements change, not only on your communities, but throughout South Africa. 100% serious, and I, I couldn't be more grateful, like I said, that, you know, once you go into the theoretical space, these laboratories of modernity, such as university, when they teach you that this is where you ought to communicate policy, where you get participation, so... I couldn't have been more also grateful that you have provided also this platform to say that let's have these dialogues around these things. There are conversations that are happening, but let them let let, let us bring them to light. So I, I, I'd like to thank you know the, the the Jewish Watch team for making this a possibility. Uh, like you said, when we met together, we strike such conversations and very thought provoking from. <laughs> But uh, thank you. Back to you, Shuri. Thank you. Um, Last thing, Bradley, if anybody would like to be in touch with you or learn more about YSTEM, what should they do? Uh, so we are having a domain. I'm also uh, trying to also take care of that. Uh, I'll definitely be sharing our details. Uh, it's bradley.monyai at ystem.org.co.za. Uh, we're setting up um, the domains, making sure that, you know, um, one is reachable. One thing that we are also learning from such corporations where you're establishing, you're trying to do social change, you ought to be feasible in how you are being obtained. So um, we are available on that. We haven't branched out in, in social media as yet, but we are aware that we are youth-focused, you know, um, knowledge-producing kind of an organization. So it would be very key also to, to, to have such platforms in existence. But however, we'd be very happy to be sharing um, the details with you, um, Sharice. But at the moment, uh, to share, just to get in contact with me, it's Bradley. Um, thank you so much thank you so much for joining me that was Bradley Munyai and he is completing his master's degree in social development